of universal deceit. Telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Welcome back to anybody out there that's listening to another episode of This Is Why I Drink. Before I dive into the third installment, if you will, of the the Trap of Diversity subseries, I wanted to go back and recap a little bit of the last two episodes for anybody that just joined the, well, I should say just started following the show, because they're vital and they tie right back into what we're going to talk about today. And as usual, if you look at everything that's happened in society, it there's just way too much to try to keep up with if you're if you're not doing this full time. So what I'm trying to do more and more now is yes, hit the highlights of all the idiocy that's going on in society. And of course, a lot of the things that are going to end up affecting us as a country if we don't start changing soon. While at the same time, I wanna stay true to the purpose of the show, which is to make sure that I'm not just talking about what's going wrong, I'm also giving solutions. And I'm talking about solutions from a character standpoint and things that can easily be started, if you will, that should have always been there, to be completely honest with you. And like I've said from the beginning of this specific subseries, it was an absolute genius move by the puppeteers that have always been behind the scenes funding different aspects of our government and different groups that have either caused more division or subverted certain things within our country. It was absolutely genius that they did not set a national language specifically to English because that's what the majority of the people here spoke that founded this country and it is the most commonly spoken language in the country as is. So going back through the last two episodes, in the first episode of The Trap of Diversity, I talked about how diversity training in and of itself is a cancer, because it is. It puts specific groups on center stage, it creates double standards, causes entitlement, and ultimately causes more division and in turn destruction, which is what we see going on right now. And people will scream till the day as long as I constantly say, well, he just says racist things. And if you understand the actual definition of racism, which I continuously reiterate on the show, racism is purely about fear of the unknown. It's all that's all it is. It's fear of the unknown due to personal insecurity. It has nothing to do with the color of somebody's skin. It's that we don't know anything about them. Well, how do we get to know about them? Outside of what we see on TV, maybe looking things up online, it's via communication. So point number two of the recap is if we want to create true unity, if we actually want to start getting rid of the fear of the unknown in this country, we've got to be able to communicate with one another. And if we want to create that unity and that cohesiveness in the United States of America and give everyone living here legally... I will constantly reiterate that if they are living here legally, if, the, if we want to give the citizens and the legal residents of the United States a commonality to start from and a platform to launch from, we've got to make English the national language. Period. End of story. It's that simple. Because I guarantee, with everything I know to be true, 
more U.S. citizens would be open to learning different languages and about different cultures if we weren't forced to pander to people that we can't communicate with because we don't have a national language. And if we obviously if we don't pander to these people, then what we end up getting called is racist and xenophobic when we don't comply with the leftards saying, well, that's just hateful. They're not from here. They don't speak English. Well, okay, then either learn it or get the fuck out. Simple as that. And that's why it needs to be the national language. Those people that moved to the U.S. for a reason. We didn't move to their country. They moved here. And if we did move to their country, then they would expect us out of respect for their country to learn their language and to adopt their culture Otherwise, we would be ostracized, set apart, and we would never be able to build a good quality life there. Well, we constantly hear on the news diversity, unity, inclusion, yet if, as I live in DFW, and it is one of the craziest, as I've said on here before, self-segregated metropolitan areas that you'll ever see. You go to certain areas of Frisco, Arlington, and Irving, and it's Little India. You go to an area in Carrollton, it's Little Korea. You go to you know South Dallas, especially Oak Cliff, a large portion of that is Hispanic and black. So you go to, shit, I'm trying to think. You go to an area around I-35, and well, it's where all the strip clubs are and the hookers. That's all I can really say there. Uh, off of Harry Hines and whatnot, and it's predominantly Hispanic, and very few of them speak good English. So we have this massive population of around 12.5 million people between all the areas now, and we can't communicate. Now, I will give DFW this, that you don't hear about people just randomly, randomly, good Lord, can't talk again, randomly going out and committing acts of violence against somebody with a different skin color purely because they had a bad day or something along those lines. That, that doesn't happen here that often, and it's because of the fact that, for the most part, outside of Dallas having a left-hard mayor, most people in this state understand the middle ground and we are not governed by a left heart you know we're governed by somebody who is honestly a modern day liberal that toes the middle line in governor abbott so just think about it folks i mean it all makes sense if people don't want to learn good quality english and good quality communication skills when they move to this country well then they shouldn't move to the u.s they shouldn't be allowed to stay and become citizens it's that simple, and that's not hateful. A lot of people that don't get what I'm saying will say that's hateful, when in reality, it's not hateful. It's common sense. Because over and again, when people keep screaming racism, 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 even though the majority of it has to do with people with white skin and people with black skin, which still cracks me up, sidebar, because... Those are the only two skin colors that we refer to like that. We don't ever sit there and say brown people when we're talking about Hispanics. We don't say yellow people when we're talking about East Asians. We don't say you know, fucking mahogany when we're talking about Indians. We don't do that. All we, 
it's labeled black people and white people. That in and of itself is an idiotic way to immediately, well, it's a genius way. It's just an idiotic way of labeling people, but it's a genius way to cause division, which is the primary purpose of labeling, labeling it as such. So if we want to actually get away from quote-unquote racism, which is just fear of the unknown, and xenophobia, we've got to be able to communicate with each other. And as I just said, I guarantee if the, good Lord, sorry, the national language was English and people that moved here were required to learn good quality spoken English, communication skills, they had to learn the give and take of a conversation versus doing what most countries outside of the U.S. do, as I've said before, which is just talking over people loud enough to beat the other person down so they shut the hell up and listen. They learned the give and take, and they learned how to write in good quality English. We wouldn't have all this shit going on, and that's the starting point. That is the most fundamental starting point. So in today's episode part three of this, I want to keep diving a little bit more into the talking point about the second part of making English the national language and expand on it. Because guys, when I go into these things and I really start digging in, there's so much information and there's so much to talk about that even though it's simple, there's still a lot to explain. And part of the reason I do it this way, and I'm really digging into this point particularly, is because I know that it's going to become an issue legislatively in the future. If anybody doesn't see it coming down the pipe where this is going to end up being on the docket at some point in our country's future, they're not paying attention. It's going to happen. And it's something that we need to have good quality points and logic to be able to go to the table with and say, this is why it needs to happen. So again, I want to stay on the aspect of making English the national language in, that I just went through in the recap and how it can further improve the quality of life in the United States as it pertains to immigration of people coming in versus the people that are already here. Now, I'm not going to try and say I understand the whole immigration process because I don't. I'm still learning a lot about it because it's it's not difficult to understand. It's com- It's complexly written. I don't even know if that's a word. I probably just made myself sound like an idiot that doesn't understand English right there. Just started licking windows on a short bus with that one. It's a complex (laughs) system and process that I believe could be made much more simple. Well, as I said in the last episode, we need to get every fucking lawyer that's in Congress out because all they do is write things that are complicated, are twisted, and they make them more complex so they can hide loopholes in them. Well, I hate loopholes with every ounce of my being. And I believe wholeheartedly that if we got rid of a lot of loopholes in our congressional system, then we'd start being able to clean up this country a hell of a lot faster. Okay? So, like I said, I'm not going to try to act like I understand the entire immigration process because that would be a lie. What I do know is it needs to be fixed and we need to put a stop, a full stop, immediately on mass immigration so we can fix our country first. So everybody on the left keeps talking about we need to drive the economy through immigration and forgive my language because I know I cuss frequently on this show. No, the fuck we don't. We need to stop it all together right now and focus on fixing our country first. 
Sorry if your country is screwed up that badly. We didn't cause that. Your corrupt-ass government did. And guess what? We're finding out that our government has been corrupt for a very long period of time, so we got our own shit to fix. <laughs> Let us fix ours, then we can help you. It's the whole concept of you have to be selfish with your time and your resources before you can ever become selfless and actually help other people. People that try to help others when they're spread thin to begin with, they're the ones that end up losing their shit on their friends, on their family and the like. And they're the ones that end up causing more damage when in reality, they're not willing to look themselves in the mirror and say, I brought this on myself. I'm guilty of that. I've done that before. It sucks because you end up lashing out at people you love and you would take a bullet for when in reality, you thought you were Superman and you tried to take on way too much and you didn't understand balance. Well, the United States is in that boat right now because we've played babysitter and savior to the entire world for so long that it, we've become accustomed to it. And now that Trump is in office and he's saying, hell no, America first, you got the extreme left going, but we need to help them because it's Pavlov's dog. It's just a response that we're, we're accustomed to. We see a conflict, we're supposed to go help immediately, right? Well, the funny thing is, if you think about it, the last time that we went out and actually helped in a lot of conflicts, which was under GW, the leftards didn't like that because you're infringing on their rights as a country and all that shit. Now they're screaming that we need to be able to go help all these countries that are in need. Well, make up your fucking mind. You can't flip-flop constantly. That's part of the reason that I can't stand the extreme left is because they are never consistent. So, moving forward as I end that small rant, I hope you appreciated it. Point number one on how this can really help us if we put a full stop to immigration and start implementing the English as the national language is, as I previously stated, Taking government-subsidized English courses should be mandatory for anyone that has legally migrated to the U.S. and wants to become a U.S. citizen. Putting these standards in place will also raise the bar of it for the education system for those that are born and raised in the United States because it's shit right now. And anybody that's listening to this broadcast, this show, they know it's god-awful. In the future, I'll be talking to a young lady who lives out in California and we're going to do a little phone interview so I can record it and put it on the show where we'll be talking about adventures that she's diving into to try to help fix some of those issues in the educational system. Because living in California right now, she said last night via an Instagram conversation, and I quote, it's fucked. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go team. Here we are. So if we put those mandatory standards in place where people have to take English courses where, again, they learn good quality English as far as how to pronounce words, how to place them in sentence structure and the like. They learn good communication skills and they also learn good quality written English because if anybody follows a lot of the articles online today, especially in our political landscape, if they're written by somebody that you know by, you know, reading their name that they come from an ancestry that's not born and raised here, read the article thoroughly because it sucks ass. Their grammar is god awful. Now, with that being said, there are also a lot of people born and raised here that are crackers, black, whatever, and their English is just a shitty. So this is going to help raise the bar on all fronts, okay? The reason that this would be good, again, is for the educational system is because, let's be honest, as a nation, 
we have become more tech savvy, which is true. We've become more intelligent when it comes to advancing technology, yet we sound and write like a bunch of one tooth wonders smoking meth outside of a 7-Eleven or on a truck bed in a fucking trailer park. That's how bad we sound when we speak a lot of times and write. You legitimately sound like you're trying to gum a Yoo-Hoo outside of a 7-Eleven while you're hitting the pipe. It's not good. So making these moves will help rid the education system. Well, I should say it will also help rid the education system of the pandering pansy-ass leftards that teach from a personal agenda point of view rather than teaching the right way as a service to the students they have been charged with helping and educating. Hear me again. There are so many left-hard teachers out there, especially now with this whole virtual learning and having to go back to school in person, just losing their damn minds about that stuff and social justice warriors that they don't understand. Just like in the workplace, once you enter those doors, any of your personal political views and personal agenda, you shut the hell up about it. Your job is to educate those kids to the best of your ability, because that is what you got hired to do. Just like LeBron James, shut up and dribble queen James. So now with that being said, again, I'm not saying that it's all on the teachers. A large part of it is, well, the other large half of it is on the parents in today's society, because they're just as guilty by not holding themselves to higher standards first and being able to speak good quality English, staying educated on current events and the like. And in turn, they are not passing these higher standards and character traits onto their kids. So it's got to be an all hands on deck situation here. Okay, all sides need to improve, and that's the part of, or that's part of the reason that the U.S. needs to make English the national language. Because if everybody's educated on it, well, guess what? You can make a lot more headway by holding everybody to the same standard instead of pandering, well, saying, well, they're not from here. They don't speak English that well yet. Okay, well, then they need to take extra courses. Simple. Number two, setting English as the national language and halting mass immigration will allow the United States to refocus on training and educating those born and raised in the United States to fill open jobs in our economy now and in the future. Again, this has to be an all-hands-on-deck scenario where parents need to hold themselves to a higher standard, then do the same with their kids, and we need to overhaul the education system to actually prepare children for real life down the road because a lot of what's going on in schools right now don't actually do that. Okay, Now, I'm not saying we need to deport those working in the U.S. legally, okay, to have all U.S. citizens fill the current jobs. I'm not saying just throw them all on a boat or a plane, send them out, get rid of them. I'm not saying that. What I'm actually saying is we should heavily consider starting adult English and communication courses and market the living shit out of them to every business in the country. That way we can immediately start leveling the playing field and start getting rid of all this dumbed-down, ghetto-speak generation idiocy that can't control their emotions. And since they can't control their emotions and most of them smoke weed like it's their freaking lifeline and they end up smelling like they use herbal essence as their cologne because it stinks to high hell they can't control their emotions they can't speak good quality english they can't communicate in a way that actually helps build a bridge and because of these things left hards 
they start burning down cities to the tune of $1 billion since June. I just saw that today while I was actually working, where it says all of the damage and destruction and the riots from Antifa and Black Lives Matter has reached the $1 billion point, which is the most expensive set of riots and destruction in U.S. history. And for anyone that thinks this is, was a racial slur, when I talk about ghettoism and ghetto speak, it's not. If you followed the show for any length of time, then you know I wholeheartedly believe that being ghetto is a mindset, not a skin color. I know just as many crackers out there that sound ghetto as hell and give U.S. citizens a bad look and a bad rap. So this has nothing to do with that. I wholeheartedly believe that the ghetto mindset and the ghetto culture that has been put out there primarily via hip-hop and sports figures and a lot of celebrities, let's call a spade a spade, it is actually destroying this country because it's teaching this younger generation how to live impulsively instead of thinking and being systematic in a good way to help benefit society. If these kids could actually control their emotions and weren't so susceptible to impulse and, you know, getting paid under the table by whoever's funding Antifa and all that shit, we wouldn't have these problems. Okay. Yet again, the puppeteers in the background, they want to keep us at each other's throats because it keeps them in control of the money. Well, we've got to start taking that control back by making moves to do things like make English the national language, raise standards. They want society dumbed down because a dumbed down society is easier to control. Look at the movie Idiocracy. We're fucking living in it. Now, to close out, I made this episode a little bit shorter. Hopefully through the last three episodes, anyone that's been listening and has started following the program sees that I'm actually trying to give practical and simple solutions to fix, or I should say to start fixing our country, because we got a lot of work to do. And the best way I can describe it is simplicity doesn't always mean it's fast. It doesn't mean it's easy. The best parallelism to that is saying, look at Apple products versus Android products, primarily things like phones and tablets, okay? Google Android is an open forum where anything can be updated at any time by anyone, and unfortunately, that makes it wide open to viruses just like PCs, okay? People love it on some scales because they're like, but I can customize things. I can make it my own. Well, high risk, high reward. I get it on some scales, again, because you can do a lot more with it while if you want to play for the tie and make sure that there's still progress, excuse me as I burp into the mic, without letting yourself o- or leaving yourself open to a lot of bullshit, like my brother who owns his own security company, uh, he actually, with the new FDAA, had to stop using 28 different products that were coming from China because of the fact that China created back doors that allowed them to hack your shit. Well, if Google's an open platform, it's the same thing. Now, compare that to Apple, where Apple makes sure that as much as they can possibly do so, the updates have been thoroughly vetted before they're allowed to be updated on their platform. The security on Apple stuff is stronger. Everybody knows that. Like If you have an Apple tablet, laptop, computer in general, anything Mac, the firewalls are a hell of a lot stronger than PC and Android, which is part of the reason Apple products also last longer. They're just built better. 
in that regard, okay? Now, I have some Android stuff, I have some Apple. Again, they both have their applicability, or their applications. Apple just lasts longer, so I tend to lean towards that. The reason I use it, it's the best parallelism I can possibly come up with between simplicity, which is Apple, because it might take a little bit longer, one, it ends up being more user-friendly, and two, it lasts longer versus Android, which is an open forum that can easily lead to viruses, i.e. chaos, which is what we're living in now. Makes sense to me. So, again, Android is our current society and political situation. Apple may take time, yet it's a simple fix in the long run because it actually puts checks and balances in place. So, folks, I hope you hear my heart on all this because I really do love humanity. And I I just don't understand why we constantly make it this difficult and why we're in the middle of all this stuff. I mean, we, we're being governed by a bunch of spoiled brats that act like children, don't give two shits about us. They're not public servants. They're elitists. And we need to get rid of every one of them and actually put people that are public servants back in office where they belong. we got to start waking up. And because of that, through me, the blind become sighted. And this is why I drink. Take care. We'll talk soon.